When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, I have a guest from Apex, actually the president of Apex, Mr. David Kibalo, with me today here in Houston. And uh, we have a very pertinent topic and interesting topic for current times. Supply chain reboot. I would rather say global supply chain reboot. And that's the response to pandemic. Or maybe it's the impact created by pandemic. So uh, uh, let me tell you about David. David is president of Apex in Houston, uh, uh, a professional global supply chain expert with several decades of experience. Uh, and he has vast experience in operations, business management, as well as continuous improvement. So welcome, David. Thank you, Mahesh. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here to discuss this very important topic. Wonderful. And David, before we, be, we begin discussing about the global supply chains, can you share with our listeners about Apex? Sure. Mahesh, just very quick. Uh, um, um, just a little one minute on my background. Um, so I had 20 years of global experience in supply chain and operations. Um, also, I have opportunity to be based out of... Um, Asia, in China, uh, I spent time in South America and in Europe. Um, so I am, uh, my master in supply chain is from Michigan State. Go green, go white. And about Apex, Mahesh, Apex is the largest um, supply chain and operation management association in the world. We have more than 50,000 uh, members around uh, across 95 countries. I am the president of the largest um, uh, association here in Houston. We, we have uh, 1,000 members here. We have our professionals came from all different industries, not only oil and gas, also pharmaceutical, automotive, CPG, and hospitality, and um, I'm happy to be here. I mean, we provide um, yeah, we provide educational products and certification in supply chain management. That's what we do in Apex. Oh, that's wonderful, David. Uh, and now, uh, you know, in current times, with the pandemic, uh, the kind of thought process going on, what next in supply chain? Probably you are the best person for today's discussion, having experienced firsthand, having lived there in Europe, China, Asia, and in North America, all of it, and have run uh, global supply chains. So, so great to have you on the program. Uh, let me start with that. The China factor. Now, the China was known as the factory of the world. But definitely in past decades, they have been supplying uh, very uh, efficiently the requirements for the rest of the world and optimize cost. But pandemic somehow has exposed the underbelly of global supply chains. It's not only China. Let me not pick just on China because global supply chains are way beyond it. Because even if China manufactures something, somebody has to transport it. And there is a movement of goods. And not everything is manufactured in China, although I totally agree, this is the factory of the world. It was acknowledged like that. All right. Now, for our discussions today, uh, if we structured it, the pre-pandemic, even before the tariffs came into play, when a little bit impact came on the globalization, uh, that part. Then second, we'll go into what is happening during the pandemic, how it is impacting the global supply chains. And third one would be, what are the expected outcomes? Uh, what could be the possibilities post-pandemic. So let's start with um, pre-tariff, or you can say pre-pandemic, because there are two aspects I want to uh, share with our listeners, that even before pandemic, there was some impact on supply chains, 
which came when the United States of America started putting some kind of tariffs to manage uh, the deficit, you know, the balance of trade. So can you throw some light on what was happening, how the supply chains were already established uh, before pandemic? Yes, I, I think okay, you are framing this conversation in um, two different areas before and after the pandemic. So, so very interesting because here in my role, I had the opportunity to talk to many uh, CEOs and presidents in the Houston area and across uh, USA. Uh, the conversation before uh, that, that was about everything, Mahesh, was about, okay, how can you, how can you help me, David, on uh, efficiencies in my supply chain? Yeah, like I said, uh, before, um, before the pandemic, when I was talking to CEOs and, and presidents here in the, across USA, it was everything about efficiencies and how can we reduce working capital. And they wanted to train in their supply chain professionals on that. And, and when I was bringing the information about um, the topic about, hey, what about risk in your supply chain? What about, um, what about diversifying your supply chain? I mean, really that, top, that topic to the, uh, the backseat, even though during the last two years, and especially more in 2019, we saw uh, that here in the U.S., we're seeing the, um, the tariff war between specifically across the world, but more between U.S. and China. And many businesses across the U.S., still they are sourcing more than 50% of their spend for their specific product lines was uh, is coming from China. So that was a major concern that raised at the end of 2018, during 2019. And I think I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was or heard. I mean, people didn't want to discuss. That's basically what I saw. And just before, uh, something else that was very interesting at the end of last year, I was planning for the Chinese New Year. And everybody said, hey, Chinese New Year is happening every year. Yes, that is correct. Chinese New Year is every year. But for me, at least, across my 20 years of experience, every year is a little bit different. And people have a misconception that uh, Chinese New Year is only two weeks. Um, and then that's exactly what happened in the pandemic. I mean, the coronavirus, you know, the first signs of that, Mahesh. That was before. So we should start there, I think, Mahesh, the discussion. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So before the Chinese New Year, uh, China was still the factory of the world. And uh, if we pick up some statistics about China, uh, I'll share some numbers with uh, you and our listeners. So, the top 10 exports from China, electrical machinery equipment, are over a half a trillion. It's almost 675 billion, and uh, that is almost 27% of their total exports. Then machinery, including computers, is again close to half a billion, 417 million. Third, number three is furniture, bedding, lighting, signs, prefab buildings, all of them, close to 100 million. It's almost 4% of their exports. Then comes in number four, plastics, plastic articles, again, close to 85 billion. Then uh, vehicles, almost 75 billion. And uh, these are the top five. And if I go to the next five, it is optical, technical, medical apparatus, 73 billion. Knit or crochet clothing, accessories, 72 billion. Articles of iron or steel, 70 billion. Clothing, not knit or crochet, 66 billion. Toys, the fastest growing, David, is 63 billion. So this is what they're doing. And uh, that's a humongous supply chain to the rest of the world. And if I pick up two daily use white good items, almost 27% of washing machines in the world are coming from uh, China. And similarly, air conditioners, almost one-third of that are coming from China. That means... Yes, Mahesh, you said it right. I mean, what I noticed when I assess supply chains, they have a high dependency 
to you know Taiwan, Vietnam, I mean that area. So, uh, but it's mostly China. Uh, that's what I see. Uh, still high dependency, and also you know I think the numbers that you're saying are, um, yeah, it's very dramatic still to see that China still is the factor in the world. But in some, for some other industries, you need to be careful because maybe the spend for that category is very small. But it's still China, in some cases, they are the only source for a specific components in their um, in the bill of materials in the products. You know, so. And that little thing, that little screw, that little thing, that little optical sensor that is being made in China can kill the, the supply chain. I mean, the same happened with Apple. Apple, they, already, they know that they're gonna they're gonna miss the um, the launch of the iPhone, the next iPhone in September because of this pandemic. That's a great point. If we if we look beyond the full complete equipment, what you're pointing out towards the small items which make a part of a bigger equipment. Yes, absolutely, Mahesh. And this is the problem when people only look at dollars because they might be thinking, oh, okay, my spend is um, so much millions of dollars coming from this country and this country and this country, and maybe I am reducing my spend out of China. But remember, one thing is to look at dollars. The other thing is to look about the sourcing for your key components. Um, so that's why I recommend to have, um, they need to have like a 70%, maybe still coming from one source, but but you need to have the other source ready. Um, and not only because of the pandemic. I mean, we have natural disasters in the past, like uh, the tsunami in Thailand that happened in 2010. Right. So I think, David, you bring in a very good point that if you look at the way I talked about how much percentage in dollars uh, of the Finnish equipment coming from China, it may look huge. But the key factor for the global manufacturing could be that nutter board which costs maybe 10 cents or is less than dollar. And the, 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 the total value for those small equipment may not show up in the list of top 10 or something, but they are the most critical component for somebody else to create billions worth of products. So you have to break the supply chain into various pieces and look not only into the highest spend, and, and I agree with you what you explained, you also have to see the criticality of that small component coming from that different country and how you can uh, uh, leverage or buy it from some other source or you have an alternate sourcing. So when you have a tsunami or you have a pandemic, oh, well, a tsunami could be only limited to a certain area. Pandemic now has gone across the world. So that has created a different kind of a problem, which we will uh, continue discussing in the next segment. So in, in, in pre-pandemic days, I think the, the tariff uh, equation, which was shifting, already uh, started making people think about alternate supply chains. Would you agree with me? But the sense of urgency may not, would not have been uh, that urgent as it is now, because now the whole world is getting impacted. So uh, you're looking with a very different viewpoint. But earlier, uh, definitely people had started thinking. And if you see the largest economy in the world, which is United States of America, would be thinking about this problem differently because there were tariffs. Europe may be looking at it differently. Africa could be looking at it differently from China sourcing. So basically, one country puts the tariff, the rest of the market is still open. Correct? So there's correct. opportunity. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Mahesh, I think I agree with what you're saying. I mean, before, during the 2019, the before pandemic, I mean, uh, people were on with the tariff when the tariffs were implemented by Mr. Trump here in the U.S. And, and the, the focus was on the impact to EBITDA, the impact to the bottom line. The, the, everything was based on cost. So based on cost, I work with different companies on moving sourcing from other uh, Asian countries or maybe back into North America. But the focus was only purely on cost, on how to minimize the impact to the bottom line. And in an actual, just one more comment, Mahesh, before the pandemic, was uh, basically, from my perspective, supply chain was seen as a strategic um, core competency. 
And this is a part that I struggle a lot because in many cases, um, the, the only differentiator between company A and company B is selling, I mean, whatever, it could be a dishwasher on tennis running shoes or whatever is the case, is your supply chain. Is the ability to have the product available for your consumer, for your customers, and I think that was something that us that is um that we lost my head. Everything was again about cost efficiencies, and mm. this is what I saw um, happening before this pandemic. Wonderful, David. What we'll do is now take a short break, and uh... basically, Mahesh, I think people were focusing on the perfect world, ah. hey, like we we were living in the perfect. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. David, uh, great discussions. We'll take a short break now, and we'll continue our discussion after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And uh, we are having very interesting discussion on topic of pandemic equal to global supply chain reboot. And I have with me Mr. David Caballo, uh, president of Apex here in Houston. And we talked in the first segment, what happened before the pandemic? Slight impact of uh, um, the tariffs on supplies to the United States, maybe more for the United States, but Overall, yes, there was an impact, but not a major one as compared to the pandemic. Now, uh, David, we saw what was happening, some some portion of how the supply chains get impacted when you put tariffs. That means uh, there is some disruption. And as you very uh, nicely explained, that the impact of that tariff was only on EBITDA. It was on the bottom line. It did not disrupt the supply chain. If you wanted, you could still buy. You could still get the product. But things have changed with pandemic. Pandemic has changed the way we, we, we deal with life, we deal with business. And now suddenly, uh, the demand side has gone down, disappeared. The supply side and the supply chain is all, has also gone down because nobody can produce. So what's your opinion is happening right now with pandemic? Where are we? Um, okay, Mahesh, so yes, now during pandemic, I mean, finally, we were on denial, but finally, by the end of February, early March, we accepted we have this. Actually, at that time, we didn't call it pandemic yet. It was a, um, before that, it was a, we have this coronavirus, people are getting infected. And one of the key events when people realize that this is for real is when the TPM20, that the Trans-Pacific and Global Container Shipping Conference in California that was supposed to be scheduled for March 1st, 20 hours before the start, they canceled. They canceled one of the main shipping conferences here in the U.S. Uh, that was one of the alerting points. Um, uh-huh. And what, then, what kind of conference is that? That's a, that's a container 
Hey, so everybody here in the U.S. that is moving a uh, product by container, they attend this Trans-Pacific and Global Container Shipping Conference in California. It's every year in Long Beach in March, and they cancel. Uh, I, I got the notification, uh, and that was uh, in March 1st. The second part, Mahesh, that was very interesting is that uh, later on in March, the shipping companies, the carriers, they announced what we call black sailing, sailing, sailings, black sailings is when they are canceling uh, reducing volume in their um, shipping uh, boats because there is not enough uh, containers to put in the boats. And that was a one billion loss. Uh, for the carriers. Uh, so that was what's happening. So, and then when the finally here in the U.S. was accepted, this is a pandemic. I mean, things happen, you know, let's talk about what happened in the consumer from the consumer perspective, you know. Let's talk a little bit from the consumer because at that time, this is a global impact. They remember this started also from there was Italy and then Spain, the U.S. and everybody. So I think, uh, what happened right there is not anymore, you know, okay, before we go to that, let me tell you, the same people that before, the same companies that before they were think, focusing on cost and EBITDA, guess what? Today, even if you're paying 10% or 20% more, that will be better because you can fulfill uh, market demand and market needs. And today, many companies, I mean, some companies are going to lose their marketers and the market position just because they didn't prepare for potential. That's very, that's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. Losing the market share by that big number, uh, it's quite dangerous. And uh, it is. I, yeah, and what I hear yeah. from you, that the same people who are looking at EBITDA to, to gain by using these supply chains and the, the impact of just the tariffs, let's say in the United States. Now, get me at what cost because I need to take care of somebody, correct? That's what you're saying. Yes, that's what I said. And people, and I stuck to the a supply chain is not like a flipping a switch. The supply chain development is a long process. Um, you need to remember you have to qualify suppliers. After you qualify suppliers, you need to do the first article approval process. And then you need to do the testing. Uh, and so it, it requires some time, Mahesh. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that I totally agree with you. Because uh, disrupting a supply chain in terms of discontinuing is easier than developing one. So if you have not developed already a supply chain and the existing gets disrupted, this can have a massive, massive impact on your business. Now, that has all actually happened now. So with pandemic, a lot of supply chains have gone down. You don't have the access to those suppliers. Like if you imagine your plant was in Wuhan in China, where the first impact showed up in around, what, December, January, and February. So you have no choice. Your supply chain has gone down. And if you want to develop alternate supply chain, Anywhere else in the world, you're not ready for it. It'll take some time. But guess what? Even if you started working in January, February, moving to other part of the world, they also got the pandemic. They got impacted by that. Now, that supply chain development itself has stopped there also. You can't do much. Now, what? how do you handle such kind of situation? <laughs> That's a very good question. Mahesh, so because what I saw is um, during the pandemic, everybody was in reaction mode. Yeah. Everybody, I have all the supply chain professionals here working on recovery plans. What is my recovery plan? What is my recovery plan? And what I keep saying is uh, the issues that they have in the recovery plans, in many cases, what they don't have access to real-time information across the whole the entire supply chain. Uh, that was also... Um, making the problem even bigger because uh, 
Because, okay, when that happened in parallel, when you need to work in their COVID plan, you have to remember the demand behaviors here in the U.S. change. When people were not able to go out, everybody switched from uh, brick and mortar, you know, uh, uh, sales to online uh, site sales. So most of the demand moved. People think that disappeared the demand because the stores were not selling. But when that happened, when that shift happened, and when people, the consumer, were focusing on on essentials, uh, that's also created um, disruption uh, across the entire supply chain. Yeah, I think there were some signals in in during this tariff war. So people were were absorbing those one shock, but nobody expected this kind of shock. So so basically, what it looks like that some part of supply chain is gone forever for next few months till not only the supplier is the supply side is operational can create a product even if they create how do you transport because as you mentioned earlier that the shipping conference it got cancelled and they they were short of uh, uh, business for their containers and ships but that was one part of it second is they cannot get people to operate it because of again the threat of pandemic on human being there. So if you see what are the four sides impacting the supply chain, supply chain is the fourth one, is first is the health issue. So if you want to keep running your supply chain, there's a health risk and there's no, no solution for that yet. The, the, the medical fraternity or uh, the pharmaceuticals are yet to come out with something. Second, that has led to a financial crisis. How do you organize the material and how do you pay for that? So your whole system has come to a standstill. And third one is the demand side. Even if you have a product, you, the demand side is not willing to take it. But suppose you want to plan for supply side. How do you plan when the first three are uh, in, in, in such a flex stage that nobody knows when the finance will be available? Can you supply? There's no demand side requirement right now. Even if supply, you don't know whether you'll get paid. So that puts the current supply chain uh, structure beyond, uh, um, you know, the simple imagination that how do one respond to? And that's where I wanted to have your thoughts on the possible scenarios. You know, one possible scenario is like some part of China is already open. That was already the factory of the world. Okay, they can produce, but you can't ship it. Am I right? Is there any shipping lines open right now? Uh, you, you have a good point. I mean, really, we tested the resilience of your supply chain yeah. because I have many people calling me in the last three weeks. My factory is open. Yeah. yeah, your factory might be open, but remember, I mean, not all the workers are going to be there available because you're right. Supply chain is people, it's information systems, it's shipping, the logistics part, the moving part. So there are many things impacting uh, how to supply to an end market. So what's happening there, the factory is opening, but people, you can assume that the factory is open to 100% capacity, which means you need to find a, find a secondary source. Second, a shipping company is still, now they are shipping, they are reactivating that, but the capacity has been reduced. And, and also I just attended um, uh, my conference with uh, the professor from MIT, you know, um, a conference in logistics. They, they actually, they, it's very interesting because the increase, uh, the logistic cost has increased also due to the pandemic because there is less space so people are fighting for the space in those, in those vessels. So, um, so there are many components to plan for this. It was a complicated part. So that's why you need to go back to the basics. Uh, and is put risk in the supply chain as a priority. Perfect. Uh, David, uh, we will now take a short break and we will continue this discussion, very interesting discussion in next segment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and I have with me uh, David Kabala from Houston, president of Apex, the prime body, on uh, a lot of good things which happen in the supply chain. So uh, we are having very interesting discussion and very fascinating and how uh, this current very uncertain situation of uh, uh, the economy, the, the global supply chains have come into play. It is not only the supply chain or the supplier uh, who's impacting it or the demand side impacting it. There's another factor which has come into a big play is logistics. That even if there is a demand, even if there is a supplier who can supply it, but he's far away, what is the logistics to take it? Because logistics also has got hit by pandemic. And once it gets over, uh, what would happen? So the last capacity of transportation of let's say a month, how quickly you can recover, even if the plants have gone into manufacturing mode on the supply side or whatever produce it is. It could be vegetables, it could be garments, it could be TVs, it could be machinery. The logistics will suddenly play a very important role. How do you move things? And now logistics also needs manpower. And uh, that is another impact showing in the supply chain. So basically what David was pointing out before we took a break in the last segment was there are n number of variables. There's more than one or two which will help, which will not help in simplifying the equation so easily. Rather, it's a complex polynomial equation basically in mathematical terms where the uncertainty from various pieces is getting magnified. So if I have to give a simple term for that is there will be redrawing of supply chains. The, the moving factors which will impact is, is the, well, number one is the demand side. Yeah, who has demand in which part of the world? Second, where is the supply chain located? Where is the source of supply? And third is the role of the most important role of logistics, how to move it. So, David, what do you think? How are how is the pandemic uh, forcing to redraw uh, the supply chains? That's a great opening, Mahesh. I mean, now that we're dealing with all the recovery plans and how to fulfill demands here and all the end markets is about how can we, uh, like you say, redraw the supply chain or maybe reinvent the supply chain. The first step is you need to look at supply chain. You need to take a holistic view of the entire supply chain because there are multiple, multiple dimensions. I mean, there is a cost dimension. There is a lead time dimension. There is a transportation cost, not only the cost, but also um, you can move the material. Right now, a, a lot of, of the uh, material movement from overseas is through air uh, because there is no, <laughs> there, is, there is the only way to get a hit on time. So, sure. so I think we need to go back to develop solid supply chain risk management plans. We need to go back to the supply chain risk management plan. And when I ask that question to companies here um, in the U.S., I mean, you will be surprised, but at least 60% of the companies that I ask, when I ask that question, they don't have a written 
supply chain risk management plan and procedure, Mahesh. That's very alarming mm. when I see that. That is very dangerous because See, I can understand you cannot plan for the scale of this pandemic, but you can have a thought process built in that somebody is worrying about the supply chain. How about that? That somebody is worrying what can go wrong and at least looking at some pieces. But right now, I understand you cannot plan when every piece has gone wrong and with, uh, with none in your control. Some are natural, some are, you know, at the pandemic, nobody can control. Correct. Nobody can control that. But what is happening now also, what we're, we are creating another problem for the future. If you look a little bit forward, I'm forward and thinking in the next three to six months, Mahesh, what is happening is we are creating overcapacity globally. Because at some point, you have to remember right now also, um, there are two types of behaviors happening here, for example, here in, in the North America market. People went over there, went to buy essentials, you know, essential, you know, like uh, toilet paper, uh, antibacterials, you know, uh -huh. and food, you know. But when this is over, my, and everybody is reacting to that additional demand, but when the pandemic is finally under control and we put this behind what is happening, I mean, everything is going to go back to the normal consumption levels. Uh, you have a family of four, uh, today he's over buying food, for example, but when everything is back or today, they can only consume whatever they can consume today. And we're building over capacity that is going to create and supply chains are overreacting. They are late to the, to the, to the, to the market. So I expect a very big a ball whip effect. The ball whip, the ball whip, ball whip effect is going to come up in the next three to six months. Uh, and that you see predominantly in the retail <laughs> consumption side, as you said, those yes, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, the supply chain are being loaded. You know, they are producing whatever they can produce. They are missing parts, but they are building capacity. Capacity when they all the shipping lines are back to full capacity, all the containers are gonna arrive here, and all this inventory is gonna, all this production is gonna be stored in inventory because we were, were reacting to this. And that's what I see happening in my head. Also, that will be the second impact of this pandemic because this is the reaction to panicking, you know, to what is happening today. So I see that also uh, creating another another major pro main problem in the supply chain, in, at least in the short term. I get your point because, you know, few things people have been overstocking or buying, which is for sustenance, like food items and, and you know, um, as you rightly said, this toilet papers and disinfectant and all and disinfectant, the demand has been driven by the pandemic itself and rest of the other stuff. So, so that the, if, if the supply chain reacts to supply to the current levels, yes, they are going to create excess supply when things come to normal. And when things come to normal, people will not be buying as much. But at the same time, certain kind of items, they are not buying at all. Like if you wanted to deal in luxury goods, you want to look at automobiles, you wanted to look, I saw the apparels, the, the apparel market in, 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 in the shutdown period has gone down by more than 50%. There is so much of uh, uh, missing market that even if there was a capacity, nobody was taking it. And now the capacity lost, uh, or the demand side lost for, uh, um, let's say, oil and gas industry because the airlines are not flying, people are not driving. The energy demand has gone down. Similarly, hotel industry. Some would be losing it forever. But uh, what you correctly pointed out, the retail may overreact on certain items to create huge inventories. And that may uh, trigger a, 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 full, a, a price war there. It could happen unless it is controlled. Like what we heard about the farmers in U.S., uh, they are getting more compensation if uh, they didn't have the crop instead of supplying the crop because prices have gone down. There's no demand. There's nobody to transport it. And there are not many people who are allowed inside the stores for those kind of items. But on the other end, there's no toilet paper. There's no disinfectant. It's very difficult to find sanitizers. So so the the pendulum is swinging so fast from one side to another. Now, if you look at the the production things beyond retail in general, so industrial products and others, 
that there is no demand for it. Even if there is a demand, you cannot move it. So it puts it in a very difficult situation. And the time lost during the pandemic cannot be recovered. Like if you have a three-shield working, a plant is working to produce something. Yes, you can expand it when you come back. But now the problem is, unless you're fully automated, it's a process plant, which we're anyway running. Uh, it's very difficult to get the labor even now. It's a across the globe phenomena because you lost the labor when you shut down those uh, places. So how do you rebuild that? So do you think in, in some supply chain, there'll be a glut, there'll be a bull whip effect. You're absolutely right. But in some areas, wherever you lost the production time, uh, the demand will may not disappear, it may reduce, but when the, the, the whole thing gets over, basis even a reduced demand, there's a chance for cost going up instead of going down. Yeah, I, I think Mahesh, you have a good point. I mean, some industries like anything, I mean, some industries were winner, uh, winners of this pandemic, as some industries were the losers, you know, they lost market forever for this year. For yeah. example, the hospitality industry, yeah. the hotels, yeah. the hotels, they had three months that that demand is not going to come back. I mean, they lost three months of their calendar year, one quarter, which is, I mean, like a twin, I mean, they lost 70% to 80% sales mm -hmm. and everybody that everybody to supply to the uh, hospitality segment, industry segment, um, that is not going to come back. Mahesh. So, so that's a good point. What, what is I, happening also, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Uh, what we will do is, David, I'm sorry we have uh, run out of time in this segment. We'll take uh, a quick break and we'll, we'll continue our discussion in the next segment. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And I have with me... David Caballo, uh, participating in a very interesting discussion on the main topic, pandemic equal to global supply chain reboot. First three segments, we learned a lot about what was uh, pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, and what could be the future implications, which we are going to discuss now. Uh, not an easy situation, because too many variables, and I don't think we in our race had seen so many pieces, at least in last uh, uh, maybe more than five decades, seen so many variables impacting uh, the businesses or the supply chains or the consumption patterns or the demand patterns. So what we're going to do now is uh, we will in this segment discuss what could be the possible scenarios with uh, what, what has happened in the pandemic and whatever impact we have uh, seen till now. What do you think, David? What's going to happen now? And, and how, how should one start building a thought process? Because I don't think there is a cookie-cutter solution that here it is implemented. Because this is not a normal. This is absolutely out of nowhere. It's abnormal. Totally abnormal. Yeah, Mahesh. Uh, this is, um, I think going forward, there are two things that I would recommend to work in parallel. I mean, there are activities that we need to work today in the short term, 
but there should be some strategic initiatives that we should be working on. In the short term, you have to remember, you can assume that you're going to go back to the normal uh, capacities, uh, capacity that you had before in your supply chain. Uh, you also you need to understand, you know, what is it? You need to go back to your normal demand levels. You make sure that you're building capacity to your supply to the normal demand level before the pandemic. Um, you need to work on that. But in parallel to this, please, we need to work on the supply chain risk management plan. And in the future, Mahesh, what I see the future, uh, what I call the digital supply chains, you're going to see companies investing more and more uh, on what we call artificial intelligence in your supply chain. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Internet of Things being implemented. And those are the um, systems being integrated because supply chain, the supply chain of the futures, they're going to integrate, you know, your production uh, information from the factory with your logistic companies, with your uh, brokers, comp- uh, brokers partners, feeding all the information because you need to react on on live, uh, on real time. That's what I see happening uh, strategically. Supply chain, as a supply chain, they need to evolve and be ready uh, to be able to uh, minimize risk and not anymore. I think the emphasis also is not going to be so much on cost. It is going to be because cost is, um, as we know, many people, many companies are going to disappear or uh, when they come back, they might lose that market share and that market share might not come back again. So I think the focus is going to be more on the strategic supply chain management. Mm-hmm. So, so you need to put all the uh, supply chain pieces in such a way that that is making, uh, uh, meeting the strategic intent of your business. Now, David, what do you think? Uh, the way the whole supply chain was structured, it was very complex. In, in some way, there were a lot of pieces across the globe and uh, now with so many variables coming on top of it, including uh, the supply side, demand side, and multiple pieces of uh, equipment going into uh, some of the products, uh, plus the logistic piece, everything in disruption, would there be a major reset in the supply chain? By major reset, I mean if you are in a production economy, let's say an automotive company, a machinery or an industrial product, would they start looking at supply chain closest to them to have more control on their logistics and and the the supplier and uh, tie in for long-term production with limited suppliers? Or do you think people will still continue to buy, that's a scenario two, the way it was in the past, but building more robust relationships, but picking up some of the pieces themselves? Third is, moving most of their processes which they were doing themselves to the supply chain point, which could be, let's say you're making an automotive and you make an engine. If you're picking up castings from location A in the world and you are picking up the internal machine parts parts from location B and then some other things from location C, some soft parts and assembling, say in Detroit or somewhere in Germany or in in a plant in UK or in China, would they move it down to the supply chain that give me the full assembly or full sub-assemblies? Do you think some kind of those disruptive moves can be seen or that is too far-fetched? I think you put it very nicely on reset. I think think this is what is happening. It's going to reset your supply chain. And what I mean by that is like... People are, it's going to be, everybody's going to put, it's going to start designing their supply chain from a black, blank sheet of paper, Mahesh. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a hybrid model. I see many companies talking about instead of sourcing the entire uh, finished goods uh, uh, from overseas, what they're going to do now, I'm helping them, is to develop uh, a strategy where they are going to source subcomponents from different area, geographical areas to, for example, in automotive. So they bring the soap assemblies to facility closer to the cement plants here in, let's say, in Detroit, uh, Michigan. And they're going to be doing the final, what we call the final configuration and assembly and test. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because they are going to be able to bring, you know, uh, soup assemblies like at the vanilla uh, product, and then they do the final configuration, test, assembly test, and ship to the customers. So I think it's going to be a combination of everything that you, that, that you mentioned, Mahesh. Uh-huh. So I think, as you have discussed, I think we are in the last few minutes of our show today. Uh, great discussions. And uh, let's see. We understood what was pre-pandemic, during pandemic, what happened and how it has created complexity. And this complexity is driving a deep thinking that what should be done for future. Now, while we are thinking about it, suppose now, um, which is very difficult to do in current environment, if you were to oversimplify or simplify, now what three things people can do? Uh, to to reset their supply chain, what would be your recommendations, David? One I caught I caught while you're talking was digital. Go digital. Yes, Mahesh. I think people when they need to go forward. I think you need to invest more in digital supply chain. You know, artificial intelligence. Everybody's using that. You know, you have an iPhone. You know, you have your artificial intelligence system there. So artificial intelligence is one. The second one is going to be on understanding how better information systems from all the different partners in your supply chain. And the third, Mahesh, is having better information at the point of sale. You need uh-huh. to understand better the consumer, what the consumer is doing, what they are buying today, because they are, uh, as you know, demand changes very quick. Those will be the three areas that they can focus on, Mahesh. To minimize their supply chain and align, you know, I think it's very important. Some other points that you and I would talk about aligning your supply chain to your new reality. And the new reality for 2020 is going to be very, very different than the new reality in 2025. Very true, very true. Very well said, David. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have run out of time. It's a very interesting discussion. And uh, let's see how it goes with the, with the complexities around us with the uncertainties around us uh, uh, from uh, multiple facets of doing business, living life, and being healthy. Uh, the last one which I feel which uh, it, it could be very different than uh, the past, uh, such kind of either you call recessions or disruptions. I think this is a quantum discontinuity in supply chain. And since the moving factors are so many, and a lot of pieces are getting impacted. Like in the past, it may not have, uh, not necessarily here to see that does it create a cost reduction or does it create a cost increase? That's what needs to be seen when the whole environment gets set. So David, great talking to you. Thank you for a very interesting discussion today. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.